0: heard that clunk that's me and my uh, expensive podcast rig bouncing it around on the desk it's chasing the yield the uh, on again off again financial podcast that one day when i get everything together i'll do this on a regular basis All right, today it is January 18th, 2024. I think I'm on episode 58 or something Mm -hmm. like that. Uh, So what I'm going to talk about today is I I was on Twitter the other day in in a short exchange with some other people regarding debt. And I don't know what it is about dividend investing and investing for income maybe it's just the internet in general or people in general, where what you're doing is wrong and what they're doing is right. And if you've been investing your own money for any length of time, then you know that there really is no one right way because one-style investing is not you know, right for every person. Everybody has their own tolerance for risk. And everybody has different different amounts of money. You know, so if, if you're in your 20s and you're just starting out, you're going to have a totally different attitude towards investing and risk than somebody who's my age. I'm 57. And so, you know, we're looking... Toward you know, when you're 57, you're looking more towards the end of life versus the beginning of life. We've had our kids, we've bought our house, we you know we've we've done all the stuff everybody you know everybody does during their younger years, and so now you know we are more set for. We retired early. Um, I retired back and it's now almost five years, 2019. So, you know, my perspective on risk and income and debt are going to be totally different than somebody in their 30s, 40s that are working a regular job and, or maybe not working a regular job, maybe you invest your own funds and you're able to make money that way. But you're at a different stage of life. And so somebody tweeted, you know, they it's funny how there are all, all these little subcultures online. So on Twitter, I'm under yield. Uh, my handle is yield underscore chasing, and it's not something I really pay close attention to. I just kind of repost things from the chasing the yield blog posts. You know, just links to the things that I'm that I'm posting. Most of it is uh, dividend increase or decrease um from some company. And then occasionally something like this will kind of catch catch my ear, my eye, and I feel like I've got something to say. So some somebody posted about how having a mortgage or having a house debt free was you know, kind of liberating. And it was good for them. And then, you know, other dividend investing people got in on it. It was kind of like making fun of the guy, whoever he is. I don't know any of these people. You know, making fun of the guy for saying that um, it's it's good to not have debt on your home. And so I chimed in, as I do sometimes, and I just said, "Well, it's always been my personal philosophy. It's always been my view that on personal assets, it's always better to not have debt for your home." Your car or any other large ticket item that you're much better off having those things debt free. And then I followed that up with saying, well, you know, it's all a matter of risk tolerance that if you have no trouble, you know, having a 30 year mortgage. And you got to make those monthly payments and you have no difficulty, you know, whether whether the money used on that mortgage was used to purchase your house or used, you know, say you were able to purchase your house and you took out a mortgage to use that money for other things, for investing or for starting a business or anything like that. It's it's all a matter of risk tolerance, you know, and I carried a mortgage on my house um, through the age of 53 52 I can't remember uh, let me see maybe 50 I, I think I, I may have paid it off when I was 50 and that was um, that was a 30-year mortgage uh, back from 1988 that got refinanced a couple of times into 15year notes because uh, we did some work on the house and we um, we also t- took advantage of some lower interest rates when they happened cuz we bought the house in 1988 and you know interest rates were high at the time i i think we were somewhere you know plus my credit wasn't the best at that time either i was 20 21 22 years old almost 22 21 years old and i think our interest rate was somewhere around 10 or 11% so during the nineties when rates started to drop, you know, we refinanced a couple of times. You know, once was to um, to use equity in order to do an addition to our house. And that was fine. I was young. I had I was working, had a regular regular income coming in and we had no problem making the payments. I wasn't really investing anything at the time. You know, I, I had two kids. They both were going to private school, so all the money was going... You know, It, it almost seemed like the money's going out quicker than it's coming in. Um, but, you know, that's life. That's, that's the way you live, and I didn't really know anything about investing or what my risk tolerance would be or what my style would be at the time. So, you know, I was just conveying that that taking on debt like that is really all all a matter of risk tolerance, you know so I, once you know I, w- when I was watching how the economy was going up and down and we had the great recession back back in two thousand eight, it was at that point in time I saw that had i you know positioned myself better when I was younger, been able to see a little bit more clearer. That I could have had cash set aside, sort of you know keeping your powder dry. Therefore, when the economy took took a downturn, you know big tanking like in two thousand eight, when everybody was getting foreclosed on and real estate started, you know started being cheaper. That that that's actually the time when you can take that kind of risk and start to uh, buy and invest and and get into real estate. But I didn't have any cash at the time because we were too busy, um, you know, living life and and paying down debt that we already had. You know, I had loans on a couple of cars and all that kind of stuff. And then with kids in private school, and then when they went to college, you know, there's just not enough money to go around. But then once I got into my upper 40s, you know, I started, we made a concerted effort to pay down debt because we started to see where we wanted to be and how flexible we wanted to be. Plus, I had more experience in what my risk level was. And I started to see very clear that being out of debt, having no mortgage, having no auto loans, things of that sort, ma- uh, made me very flexible and gave me peace of mind. You know, plus, when you look at some numbers, You know, your your personal home, your your house, that type of real estate is not a true straight up investment. Because there's a whole lot of expenses that go along with home ownership. So, you know, a personal in, in my view, these are all obviously my opinion, none of this stuff you can label as facts, it's just how I feel about it, is that a home a personal home is is more of a a storage of value than an investment because of the expense involved. You're you're replacing roofs, HVAC systems, you know, pipes burst. You have all kinds of of problems that you got to solve. Plus, you know, you, you tend to, when you live in a house, make changes that aren't necessarily changes that are investment value type changes. They're just changes that make you more comfortable in your home. So while... Personal real estate that you live in, personal residence, is an investment of sorts because it does not devalue like a car or a boat or almost anything else that you buy that's a high-ticket item, other than maybe some some types of jewelry or even some maybe high-end like purses or designer things. Some of those things hold value, but for the most part, high-ticket items, especially cars, do nothing but go down in value. Um, when I was looking at some of the numbers, um, I looked up the um, increase in value of the average house in the United States uh, for the last 20 years. So between uh, 2004 and 2023, the average value of a home just about doubled. Um, a, a home valued at $126,000 in 2004 would have an average value of about 259000 in 2023. And let's say you were, you were able to buy that at the time with no debt. So when you go to sell that house, it's just you know almost nothing but gain. You know you're talking about one hundred and thirty nine thousand dollars in gain. you know it's not it's not bad, There's nothing to sneeze at, you know fifty percent increase over 20 years. That's not bad it's It was a very safe, solid. Uh, storage of money. Where, if you would have taken out a thirty-year mortgage back then, the average rate of interest was about five point eight four percent in two thousand four, and let's say you even paid it off in the same twenty years, uh, the value, the total value of the loan, if you would have paid it off in twenty years, would be two hundred and ten grand. So that reduced your gain to only forty-nine thousand versus the one hundred and thirty-nine thousand. you know so while your house still appreciated in value at the same rate the amount of money that that you stand to gain is not as much because you had the loan now if you were able to pay cash and you used that mortgage money for an investment or a business or something else that's different you know if you if you took it to invest into the stock market, you probably could have made more money if you used it to put into a business, and the business made money. You know, um, you probably could have done better there as well. But it wouldn't definitely wouldn't have been as secure, and so that's why it's all a matter of risk. And to me, you know, I like to have things sort of in different buckets. So when I, when I when I when I look at my personal home. The last thing I want to do is I want to is, is to lose that home, is to risk it to the point where I have to leave, I have to move, I have to sell it, and you know, I'm f- forced to do something I don't want to do. By me having a home that is paid off, that is the one thing I no longer have to worry about. You know, whereas when you have debt on that house, that's that's some baggage. You know, you have to make those payments that cuts down on your cash flow for unexpected expenses, you know, emergency medical bills, anything that you that you can't foresee, unforeseen circumstances. You know, and, and also the debt ties you down. So we moved from the Chicago area to the Atlanta area in 2020 during COVID and having some assets in cash and having my home not having a mortgage, it gave me the flexibility to be able to buy a house down in, in the Atlanta area and sell my house in the Chicago area. Um, they, they didn't have to happen simultaneously. I could, I, I was able to move down here and um, sell, while was, while trying to sell that house up there, and not have to worry about exactly when it sold. You know, you you never want it to sit out there forever, but if there was no there was no pressure like when you have a mortgage on a house and you're trying to buy a new house, so you want to cancel one mortgage, so you're not paying two mortgages at one time. It just gives you a tremendous amount of flexibility it didn't tie you down. We were able to move very, almost effortlessly, you know, because we had our ducks in a row. We had everything kind of planned out to be able to just move when we wanted to, so tremendous amount of flexibility. you know and, and and having that type of flexibility reduces you know the the stress for a move reduces the stress of being stuck you know so just basically what i was trying to get across is that there is no one path for for everyone you can have some general rules of thumb, you know, like um, saving ten percent of of your income, or what, whatever whatever rule of thumb you want to use. Or like when you retire, they have the four percent rule, which I don't abide by, but and that four percent rule means that that you spend four percent of your portfolio, um, and every year in order to pay it down to when you, you know, your for your life expectancy. So you need to have a certain amount put away for you to be able to spend that 4% every year so you don't outlive your funds. You know, personally, I would like to keep my nest egg intact and live off the income from that nest egg and not touch the nest egg. So that way when I die, you know, I can have more than enough money sitting there that either it gets left to my children or their children or whatever it is that I want to do with it. You know, I, I, I don't want to get to the point where I, don't, I don't see the point in trying to get to a zero sum by the time you die because who, who knows how long anybody's going to live. But, I, you know, I think those who follow a passive income way of living or, you know, dividend investing or any kind of thing where where you're talking about interest rates and dividend yields, you know, what is right for some people who are willing to risk a lot is not right for some people who, who don't. You know that's why I have things in in different buckets. That's why I have three different portfolios per se. You know, they're separated into in three portfolios, low, medium, and high yield. I have more money in the low and medium yield and less money in the high yield because I don't want, you know, I don't want to risk all of it that way. So I risk a small portion of it that provides a decent amount of income and then the bulk of the investments provide a moderate kind of income but it's less at risk and sure i could take um some of the you know you can go look at my portfolios on my website chasing the and you can go take a look at some of the yields on some of the stocks that i hold and some of them are quite low but but they're very safe there's no risk of the company cutting dividends or stop paying dividends you know we're the ones that where the dividend is high, where the yield is very high, there's always a risk. So, you know, what I say is that you do what you're most comfortable with. You have to learn what that is. And until you get started, you're never going to know. But, you know, don't ever feel pressured by, especially people on the internet, telling you that, okay, you're a fool if you don't, have a mortgage and use that money you know to make other money have it working for you. That's just not the way it works. That person's comfortable with it and you're not, so you, you know you do what makes you feel comfortable because otherwise you're just going to give yourself an ulcer. So I, I hope uh, you know that that gives you the freedom to know that you're, you're not alone with risk. I'm not the biggest risk taker either and that you should feel free to handle your finances with how you are comfortable. And that's it until the next time um, I decide to do another episode. Let's see if I can uh, get this going on a regular basis like I promised myself. If you're in the part of the country with the cold snap, stay warm out there. Until the next time, bye-bye.